Hey, this is a Hakawati production. What? Women in the men's room? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Hey guys, welcome to the men's room. We're going to shake things up a little today and talk about something I think we all care about, and that's what do women want from men? The truth is, no matter how successful you are in your business or career, being happy depends a lot on how happy you are in your relationship. Guys, doesn't it often seem that everything is all right and everything is in its place, yet your wife or girlfriend often seems unhappy and dissatisfied? So what do women really want from men? It's a universal conundrum. No matter your culture, ethnicity, or language, men these days are constantly scratching their heads over what it is that women want from them. And this is actually a real problem. Research since the 1940s has revealed that women are responsible for initiating at least 70% of divorces. I actually always thought it was the other way around. So what's going wrong? Well, we're going to solve that riddle today right here with the help of two of my fellow Hakawati hosts, Dr. Sandrine Atala. Did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, who's the host of Sex Talk. And uh, Rayan Abujaudi, yeah. the host of Khilkit uh, Binit. Uh, Dr. Sandrine is a medical psychosexologist and Correct. hypnotherapist known for her brutally honest approach to sex and relationships. But I'm not brutal. <laughs> <laughs> brutally. It doesn't mean brutal. It means that um, you don't mince words and you're not uncomfortable talking okay, about it. Okay, okay. And Frank. sometimes other people might be. <laughs> okay, straightforward, let's yes. say. And then uh, Rayan is a Beirut-based journalist who has covered everything from culture, the arts, security, and refugees. Mm -hmm. And on her show, <laughs> she interviews prominent, characterful women from the MENA region. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Well, welcome, gentlewomen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So I just want to say you're both pretty brave coming in the men's room like this. <laughs> um, I really like that. Uh, actually... Um, I'm really excited to have you both here because I think if anyone understands women, it's the two of you, especially collaboratively. Um, let's break this topic up into two parts, what women want from men, and talk about um, what do you think women find attractive when they first meet a man? So let me start maybe with you, Rayan, mm. if you can sum it up into one sentence. Okay. Um I think first and foremost, they're attracted to a man's confidence, the way he carries himself. Most importantly, the way he talks to her, their respect. That's what I would. That's what I would think. What about you, Dr. Sanhain? Well, I guess uh, we need to specify that we're talking about heterosexual women, so yeah. who the women who are interested in men. Yeah. And it's very, very individual, and it varies from a woman to another. According to studies, because <laughs> I'm a doctor, so I'm very scientific, uh, from an evolution way, women will look at um, physical aspects in men, for example, the jaw, the shoulders, and the, butthole, the buttocks. <gasps> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting, so, Dr. Sonhin. But also, they will look at uh, signs, signs of richness. Yeah. So the car, the watch, uh, the clothes, unfortunately, yes. But also, they look at uh, the way he looks at her and the way he listens. Mm -hmm. Because she, not, she doesn't only want a powerful man. To be able to uh, have a family with him, but she needs a caring man who would be able to 
carry and let's say care about this family and to take care of the kids. So she needs him to listen and he needs to have a good memory. So on the long term, she will be attracted to his, uh, let's say, attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So obviously right now you're talking about people who are looking for a mate or, or, or someone that they could potentially marry. It's unconscious. Whether you're searching for a one-night stand or for a long-term relationship, uh, you're attracted to the same things. It's really, you don't decide to whom you are attracted. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with experience and with your, uh, I don't know, upbringing and your own personality, you're attracted to different types of men, of course. Okay, that's interesting. Um, What about, um, so there are different types of relationships, as you just pointed out. How can... uh, How can men tell if a woman just wants to have a one-night stand or whether she wants to be in a long-term relationship? Is that something that men can read? Uh, they can ask <laughs> for them not to be into harassment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the talking is the best way because if you just want to read the signs, it's not enough. And sometimes you don't have consent mm-hmm. if you're just reading the signs. Of course, seduction is a game. But we're in a very contradictory society, and sometimes the signs that we give are not well read uh, because they are often played out and not true. So it's very important to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's not like uh, in Europe or in the States where you're really, when a woman wants to have sex, she ju- she would say that she just wants to have sex. Maybe here in our countries, it will not be that straightforward. So women, so men won't be able, able to read these women. So they need to ask and be, be open and, and of course, vocal of about course. It's very communication. Communication is very yeah, important. That's true. Yeah. Um, so... Let's talk a little bit about seduction, then, you know, the, the seduction process, which I know you've been talking a little bit about on your show, or at least on your social media. Um, and I'm sure you can weigh in on this as well, uh, Ryan. How how do um, men successfully seduce women? I'm sure there's almost a science to this, because some guys are really good at it, and some guys are really bad at it. And it has very little to do with those physical uh, traits that you mentioned before. Well, it's actually the opposite. It's women who seduce men because it's a, it's women who will give the signs that she wants to be seduced or approached. So a man, a man who knows how to handle women, men who know how to, to handle I women. I think we understand the, yes. what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Should be capable of uh, seeing, let's say, the openness and the real signs. And he, it's, he, should, he should see the green light. Okay. If he says the wrong thing or does the wrong thing, then, you know, then it's game over, right? So I think it's obviously it's a two-way street. So definitely it starts this way, but doesn't then the man, he needs to seduce the woman to take it to the next level? Well, it it really depends on the the woman he's trying to seduce. Mm -hmm. Some women will need to feel secure. Some will search for someone who will listen to them and some will search for someone who will tell them that they are beautiful, uh, 
pretty and some women will be seduced uh, by a guy who will talk about literature and uh, movies so it it really depends on who's the target mm-hmm. uh, some women are very attracted uh, according to studies by men with dogs or <laughs> a man who cook or so it's it's very very different from a woman to another mm-hmm. if you are in a bar i guess that eye contact is very important a big smile is very important and not saying or having small talk or a, like silly talk like you look beautiful having a, a, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't work. Know, i have to say it yeah. creeps women out yeah for sure. it, it should be a yeah. meaningful yeah uh, like like com- you are very beautiful you know yeah it yeah, should be not sexy. Yeah, just like bring up an interesting subject yeah. or you talk about it, something it, interesting it could be a compliment i like uh, the way uh, i don't know you look at me it's personal it mm. needs to be personal mm-hmm. yeah. if it's not personal it will not work yeah mm. Yeah. So actually, I'm going to weigh in on this because I happened to watch this TED Talk a few days ago about seduction because it's actually something that people need to do in their everyday life, even to get jobs, even to uh, maintain friendships or uh, because the seduction process is also about um, this two-way street of, you know, getting uh the other person to care about you in in some way so um there's this he told this this uh, this psychologist told the story of Casanova who's famous for being a big seducer right mm-hmm. so there's this story of him going into a bar and he sees this beautiful actress and he starts talking to her and she has a lisp and she can't pronounce the letter r so he goes home and writes a play for her uh, over three days and nights that doesn't have any words with the letter r and and presents it to her and obviously she's smitten and you know whatever mm-hmm. they have a one night stand i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's casanova i don't know but um the the point is that that this psychologist made was that what casanova did was fulfill a need so what you're saying is that which is true the 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 seduction process has to be like you have to really pay attention exactly. to the signals that the other person is giving you so that you understand what it is that like floats their boat because if you're going to talk about movies and they don't care about movies you're probably not going to go anywhere and you need to have the same body language also when you yeah. mimic when you mimic the same body language it's easier so it's about being tuned in right mm, yeah exactly. it's like what dr sandrine said it's important it's, i mean it's important to to notice if you're harassing someone who's clearly not into it or you're seeing the other person being really receptive yeah and it goes both ways for women and men because women obviously can seduce men as well right. and can approach men yeah So then what happens to that process in a long-term relationship because you know a lot of the problems because this is all fine and dandy so sometimes it, this process goes well and then people get together into long-term relationships and then suddenly like that paying attention to the cues of the other kind of you know dwindles um what happens why are women um you know initiating 70% of the divorces why do you think what do you think no, i'm no expert i'm not <laughs> but i mean as a woman But, you must uh, have I mean, seen a lot of people around you sure i think and it's something dr sandrine already said i think communication sort of when you get used to the other person maybe and you spend so much time with them things sort of settle down things naturally fizzle out i think But then when you stop talking that's where it gets really dangerous because you stop communicating your needs and your needs can change over time and there's something that you would like you may no longer like or you're growing into yourself as a person um and i think maybe as women we are taught to communicate better perhaps especially about our feelings but if you're communicating based on what you're saying mm. then everything should be fine and dandy so then maybe the, the problem is, is on not. the other end yeah and it's not just i mean it could be the other way around we either women are not or men are not but there's definitely maybe something that's missing what do you think 
Well, long-term relationships are not natural. So we're not made to be in a long-term relationship. And if we want to stay in a long-term relationship, we need to work on it. And if you don't continue all day long and every Mm. day to work on your relationship, to put an effort, to work on seduction, to be attentionate, to to really be there for your partner, uh, well, you will not have... uh, The couple cannot... uh, survive. Mm -hmm. And you need to reinvent your couple every five years. It's very important. If you don't want to do that, your couple will not survive. This is very, it's it's normal. And women usually, biologically, they feel the need for change because biologically they need to have other partners to have uh, uh, better, let's say, resistant children. And if, if they have kids from different men, their kids have more chance to survive. Okay. Okay, so they search for new partners. Interesting. I I never heard that that theory, actually. So when you are ovulating and you are with a long-term partner, usually you are more seductive with other men, other than your partner. Yeah. And your behavior change with other men. So actually, um, that's true, and and that's a well-known fact, is that people actually sit, do do the seduction thing more in their everyday life and then they come home and actually the men do this a lot as well they come home they just want to chill right exactly mm-hmm. they're they're just like oh great i'm home i can relax now mm-hmm. and then of course that's great but that creates a problem over time because it's like well you're no longer engaging with that person that's supposed to be interesting and, and that you're supposed not to sexy be inter- anymore it's not sexy anymore, yeah yeah. So I think this is a, a, the root of a lot of things, right? And then there's also what you're talking about, which is that the conditions of uh, have changed, you know, uh, over historically. Um, it used to be that people used to want to have a lot of kids, right? Uh, like you wanted to have eight kids, let's say, to take care of your land. You'd have 10 because two might die. This is what Esther Perel uses as an example. Mm. And then, uh, so, I mean, obviously they were very motivated to have sex. And if you're motivated to have sex, you're going to be motivated to be like, you know, uh, interested in the other person. So in this day and age, since we, you know, we have like a couple of kids, then people stay married for years and years. What's the motivation to keep wanting to have sex and to keep wanting to be interested in the other person? People are motivated to have sex, but not with the same partner. Because what is new, it's is more exciting and it's, uh, I don't know, it gives more pleasure. But if they want to stay faithful to a partner or if they're not in an open relationship, because you can be in a long-term relationship, but be in an open relationship, this is one of the solutions. But in case you want to be faithful, you need to work on it. Yeah. To keep it exciting mm. and try new things. Exactly, to break the routine. Yeah, are there a lot of couples that are like comfortable with these open relationships? They are. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And really? polyamorous, yes, yes. Even here in the Middle East? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we see everything. Yeah. But that, because I I would think that um, men especially would be most uncomfortable with this because it seems like... You know, especially in the Middle East, there's this kind of culture of men feeling like they own the woman that they're with, this sense of ownership. And the thought of, you know, their woman being with another guy is like horrible, right? It must be a hard thing for them to accept. Um, I mean, what is this not the case? Well, I don't know in the Middle East, but in Lebanon, it's changing a bit. I'm not talking about the whole population being into open relationships. Mm-hmm. No, no. 
But the mentality is changing a bit because a lot of women and men are studying abroad, are being uh, into relationships with uh, foreigners and let's str- stranger, let's say, from other cultures. <laughs> and their culture is changing a bit. Yeah. It's like a melting pot. So about this whole ownership also thing, um, some men tend to be um, a little bit domineering, controlling, right? I'm sure. Does that ring a bell or am I inventing things? Men are changing. Mm-hmm. Some are this way. Some are very sensitive and uh, some are more fragile and vulnerable than their uh, partners. Well, It's... the reason I'm bringing it up is just that, um, again, I've, I've been reading about the topic and stuff like that about relationships. And there's this balance that human beings need between having a sense of security and a sense of adventure and exploration. And then if one of the partners becomes Uh, overly controlling and, you know, kind of holds the other person on a leash, then the other person will rebel and want to get out of that noose as quickly as possible, right? Um, so I would think that more often men are like that, but maybe I'm wrong. To be frank, I think that Lebanese women, for example, are very controlling mm. and very demanding, and they put a lot of pressure on their men. They need to have the perfect wedding, the house, the car, uh, the, the dining out, the gifts, and I don't know if they are doing the same t- for, for man, their men. I wish I was born Lebanese. No, <laughs> no but I a wish lot that of was is. my expectations. <laughs> I think it's like, does this is this wearing down it's men? A, it's a pressure from both, is it? I think. Yes. Yeah. Different types is it hard of pressure, for men? Yeah. It's I've very hard it is, yeah. for men. I have a lot of uh, mm. men complaining and saying that they don't feel desire anymore. They're not into sex anymore. They feel that they're not uh, manly enough, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, they're not enough for their uh, partner. We should not overgeneralize. So why do they feel like that? Because they are castrated by their partners. Because why? I mean, because they're asking for a nice car and a nice dinner? It can't be that simple. No, because there's a lot of because expectation on a man to provide, women I think. are telling them all the time, you're not enough. You're not giving me enough. I need this. I need that. And they they're not asking about what he needs and what he's dealing with at work or uh, uh, during his his daily life. Mm. It, it really depends if the woman is working or not. When she's working, you have an equilibrium. And he cannot dominate her and she cannot dominate him unless one of them is more powerful or is more successful in his uh, mm-hmm. or her career. But today it's a fight over power and the couples who succeed uh, are the couples that they complete each other. They're not into competition with each other. And they are ready to really help the other as a partner. When a man is ready to do the dishes and when a woman is ready to, I don't know, uh, uh, spend more on on the house than her partner, for example. You mean and you mean spend more? I don't know. Uh, pay the bills, you yes, mean? Or yes, something? Yeah. Pay, pay the bills or schools so, so and education. So you're talking about women who are putting all this pressure on the men. Are they happier when they get that? Is that really what women, like these women that you're describing that are maybe not working and stuff, is that what makes them happy, really? These women are sometimes working and it's. I mean, we're not sure if they are more happy, but they have this image and it's a conflict because they want a man who is very sweet, Okay, so they they choose a man who's very sweet. And then they realize that they want a strong man. 
So they want this prince charming that doesn't exist, the strong, sweet man. And they would say to their partner, my father would do that, my brother would do this, my ex-boyfriend would do that. But they picked a sweet man for him not to be like their father or brothers. So it's, it's, it's really a conflict. We're and supposed it, to be solving this, Dr. Sandrine. <laughs> and it's, well, it's, diff, it's uh, usually to solve it, you need to be clear about your expectations. And you really need to be with a person before getting married, to really know this person and really have the same objectives and, I don't know, future plans. And for some men also, they have complicated uh, desires. They want a very sexy woman in their bed, but they want a pure woman in their house. And once they get married, they cannot desire this woman anymore because she's pure, she's not sexy. Mm. So this is what we call the Madonna whore uh, mm. complex that we see a lot in uh, Arab countries. So it's it's complicated. Relationships are complicated. Uh, this, the key words would be talking, talking, talking and listening, listening, listening. So yeah. it's about communication. Yeah. So about um, marriage, which we brought up a little bit earlier, I'm going to ask you, Rayan, what your thoughts are, um, considering that a lot of men and women now are both working. Um, you know, often they're equal in their in their um, careers. Um, can men and women be equal partners and still be attracted to each other? Because traditionally, you know, like what you just described, men are attracted to a sexy woman who doesn't really have that. Uh, I mean, rarely you'll hear like that. A man is like, oh, it's so hot. She has a career. It's like that's the third, fourth thing on the list. Right. And then, you know, we're talking about sexual attraction here. And then women are attracted usually to a man who is strong, who is, you know, manly. So when those roles get mixed up in a marriage or in a relationship where they're both kind of, you know, maybe the guy is doing the dishes and the woman's paying the bills, like you said, do you think, uh, Rayan, that this can work? And is, in this modern day and age, marriage still relevant in the traditional sense of the word? Well, I think gender roles in general are a social construct, personally. So I don't really, I mean, that whole idea of you're not, if as a man, you're not attracted to a woman if she has a career. That to me, if if you are that type of man, that way of thinking definitely needs to change. That doesn't exist anymore. And it's a result of deeply embedded social ideas that are totally irrelevant. So if there's a problem in a marriage because both partners are working equally and making equal amounts of money and contributing equally and someone is unhappy, um, I think that's a whole other issue. Um, is marriage irrelevant? I think a lot more people are deciding to live together and even have children without marriage. I think, it, not to say that it's become irrelevant, I think it's become a choice, which is great. I think you can either choose to have that kind of formal commitment, religious or non-religious or not. Um, but I think, yeah, now it's more about, it's less about the big wedding and the big marriage thing, and it's more about having an actual partnership, which is what the whole thing is about, marriage or no marriage. Yeah, what do you think, Dr. Sanghin? It's the same, yeah. exactly the same. But the studies uh, show. <laughs> yes, I love, I love your studies. studies so much. Going back to studies, that, that uh, when a man does uh, does the dishes, yes. he would have sex more with his partner. Okay, yeah, you hear that, y'all? Wonderful. So, yeah. What else can he do? What other chores are sexy <laughs> oh, in your it's, studies? It's, it's not about sexy. It's about helping. Yeah. Oh, okay, but mm. that's you're saying helping is sexy. Um, it's, uh, let's say, um, it will allow the woman to consider having sex with her partner. <laughs> 
because she's if she's Sorry. rested and yeah. she's uh, she's uh, she feels uh, secure and she can count on him, mm-hmm. she will find him sexy. Yes, mm-hmm. interesting. Because a lot of sex therapists, you know, especially the more you're so Dr. Something, I'm going to say, like, just based on uh, what I know about your show, which is limited because it's in Arabic, you're very in-depth and you really go beyond, you know, the normal things. Because a lot of sex therapists like, oh, you know, someone writes about their relationship. I'm not attracted to my spouse anymore. I don't feel like having sex. What can we do? And then the doctor will be like, why don't you try spicing it up in the bedroom? Get some toys, like wear some funny outfits, have sex in unusual places. Are those really... Um, like let's say a man a woman is no longer into sex and then with her partner and then the husband's like oh let's spice it up is this really uh, gonna help his relationship it can if you really talk about fantasies and really work on what both partners uh, like Uh, I always tell my patients that when you were dating, you were anticipating sex and you were anticipating seeing your partner. You didn't see him the whole day. You chose your outfit, your perfume. You, I don't know, brushed your teeth, your hair, and you you were happy to see this person. And once you are with, living with this person, you need to do, to do the same effort. Mm-hmm. So it's not especially th- brushing your teeth. Yeah, of course, in the morning. So it's not first thing. It's not necessarily about. <laughs> sex stories yeah but it's about dating and putting something new on the table it's very important and it can work so do you see more in your practice do you see more conjugal problems or sexual i don't do regular couples therapy okay i usually refer to couples therapists Uh i only do sex therapy So what is what does that mean exactly? Well, it's when it's sex, the, the sex is the issue. Okay. But the the relationship is doing fine. Yeah. So they get along. They're good together. They have a good chemistry. They're mm-hmm. they're happy to together. But the sex is not working out. Like they're just not enjoying it. Not enjoying it or, or afraid problems, of uh, like, failing, yeah. uh, not reaching pleasure, not mm-hmm. desiring it anymore, not being able to achieve it. There are many, many reasons. Yeah. So, Rayan, we talked a little bit uh, before about monogamy and Dr. Sanrin mentioned it. You've met a lot of um, strong, independent women, probably in your journalism career and here with your podcast. Do you see that those women are less likely to be in relationships Do you ever talk to them about that? And um, is there a different expectation for a woman who's very strong and independent? Is she less likely to feel obliged to be in those monogamous relationships from what you've seen? Um, well, normally I just cover their career, to be frank. Uh, we don't really talk about other sexual preferences mm-hmm. or their relationships. Not even off the air? Um, maybe. Yeah. Maybe one guest, we talked about her marriage, maybe. But, okay. Um, What did she say? No, <laughs> I'll translate the episode for you. Okay. It's a really good one. Okay. Um, but uh, I think it's not about having less expectations in terms of monogamy. I think it's, um, I don't think strength is necessarily related to what a woman, a straight woman wants or doesn't want from a man. A lot of the times they're much more comfortable with their needs and they take much, they take ownership of their bodies, I think. Because um, women who are not, who don't have a career or who don't, or not, don't have a strong sense of self. But I don't think that's necessarily related to career. I think it's just a about... A sense of self. Perhaps. A maturity. Yeah, some kind of maturity. Exactly. It also depends on, I think, just how conservative your ideas are, how traditional your ideas are. 
that what, I noticed has a lot to do with mm-hmm. um, how a woman perceives sex and perceives relationship and perceives marriage or non-marriage, monogamy, non-monogamy. The kind of freedom that you're allowed and that you allow yourself. You know and what I mean? are we talking about here, monogamy? Are we talking about one, uh, one person partner. at a time or one partner forever? I think it's one we person to, at a time. Yes, right. it's one yeah. percent. Oh, yeah. okay. Are you saying, Dr. Sanlihan, that we're not supposed to, like, not we're not pre-programmed to even be monogamous like for three years only. three years is, is what yeah. is your timeline oh interesting it's it's evolution but we mm. can change and we can decide but to where be... did you get that number well it's related to chemistry usually you have neuroreceptors and uh, you have endorphins and dopamine and oxytocin that are released when you are with a partner and over three years your receptors become numb to these, uh, cam- uh, let's say, uh, neurotransmitters, and you don't feel the passion anymore. But you can feel the love, and you can still be attached to this person and decide to be with him. We're not we're not animals. We're human beings. And when we... Well, most of us, anyways. <laughs> yeah, um, mainly. <laughs> but usually when you decide to stay with a person because you want to get old, with this person so you're searching for a companion and mm-hmm. if you're mature about it and you have realistic expectations and you are willing to evolve and to work on your relationship it can last forever yeah but you're saying that 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 state of uh, attraction and wanting to be monogamous um, kind of expires after three years and that's natural yes but you can work on it and you can have fantasies you can open your relationship you can leave it closed and bring into it fantasies and it depends on your also your personality and some people are genetically prone to be faithful and other people are genetically prone to be unfaithful how do you know it's genetic and not like what she said like religious and tradition because it was done on um, on twins there are some studies that show that we have some genetic factors but we also have environmental factors and factors related to culture but we have factors related to our personalities and to our context And to, of course, the person that we have in front of us. If your partner is not helping you, you might not be able to go to stay faithful. But if you have a real partnership and you really communicate and you really work on your relationship, it can It can be a success. And no lovely couples. I've seen couples together for 45 years and 50 years mm. and they're doing great. Wow. And they still have the attraction and they still want mm. to have sex. But, I mean, that has to be very strong from the beginning in order to be able to reignite it, right? It's not necessarily very strong, but it's, let's say, two two souls that are uh, always communicating mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. time. And they really have a real partnership. Like Ryan said, it is a partnership. Do you think as a sex therapist that there's something chemical that happens in certain couples that doesn't happen in others? Well, we are attracted to some people more than others for uh, genetic reasons and for chemical reasons. But we are also individuals who think, who have uh, a story, a history, uh, a childhood, uh, an adolescence, values, uh, cognitions, our own problems, our own insecurities. So it's a mix. 
It's really a mix of a lot of factors. Mm-hmm. To kind of like uh, go over so what we've said, what women want from men, which is kind of what men want from women. It's the same. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same. It, but is it really the same? I mean, don't men, aren't men and women built differently? Aren't there things that are attractive in general to most women and things that are attractive in, in general to men if in you, terms of behaviors? I if you remove the stereotypes, yeah, no. Ex- yeah, it's always really? socially constructed. I mean, I think it's about society Human beings. asking you to, I'm telling you what you want what's attractive to you but that's not necessarily the case you remove that bit all you want is kindness respect some form of commitment if that's what you're looking for um physical intimacy you know maybe adventure yeah. surprise yeah. attention so is this maybe what's going wrong is that people and some men are trying to live up to this social construct and then it's not working because it's kind of not go, you know getting at the heart of the problem is this maybe what's happening and women want those human those connections this kind of um deeper like kind of listening to each other and communication and a lot of men think like what more could she want i got her a nice car i take her out i do everything that's expected and they don't go beyond that and they think that that's okay because we have this idea especially in certain cultures maybe cha- it's changing but I, i mean i it still exists let's not let's be honest the problem is uh the models that we have. If women are going to dream about a Cinderella story and men are going to dream about a porn story, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. If they have the same <laughs> realistic expectations, it's going to work. Yeah. So it depends on what you're building your relationship. Yeah. Okay. I think it's important to educate girls and boys when they're young and, and teach girls like the Cinderella thing. It's not real. And the porn thing, That's not real either. You have to find, you know, whatever it is that you want as a person, like grow into your own person. Don't expect a Prince Charming. That's not real. And you shouldn't want that, in my opinion. And don't expect a porn star because that's totally not unreal. Um, unless you're actually a porn star. Unless you're actually a, a porn prince. star. And even then, that's all staged. <laughs> <laughs> And don't expect to change people. Because a lot mm. of uh, of people, they, they do get married. They see the flaws in the beginning. But they think that with time, it's going to change. And with marriage, it's going to change. No, we evolve, but we do not change. So don't, don't expect for things to change. If you see a problem, talk about it before getting committed. Or be open to the idea that if it's not working, okay, I can easily uh, break up or uh, get divorced or separated. So I started with that figure of like 70% of divorces are initiated by women. Why do you think It's women who are more often unhappy than men. Is it because of what you said? Explain what you think and explain what you think, uh, Rayan. Go ahead. No, please go You're ahead. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking a lot. <laughs> I've been talking a lot. No, not. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've, I don't know why. I don't know if it's... Um, They are and, both unhappy. Yeah. They are both not, unhappy. Yeah. yeah, but why are women initiating it more? It's it's also social. It's, it's There's a point of time where usually men, they don't like to confront the problems. They usually try to avoid the problem. And if he's un- unhappy in his, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, with his wife, he will try to find other solutions and uh, he will try not to get divorced. Women, when they are really fed up, And they are really unhappy. <laughs> like, get me out of here. Yes, because it's 
it's a bit today it's still a bit difficult for them to have another story another love story or a parallel life so it's better for them to really get out of this relationship and start a new one it's it's the same all over the world it's the same in europe and it's the same in the states it's women they ask for divorce more but both partners are unhappy mm. both are in the states and in europe they are getting married less we have more it's it's more minorities want to get married and uh, uh straight people they're trying not to get married mm-hmm. because marriages are difficult and if you want to stay in a marriage you need to work on your marriage it's it's not easy it's not easy at all and and like what we said before this whole um idea that's based on old traditions and social constructs has changed so much very much so yeah people in in urban societies are very self-sufficient they no longer need to be like you know committed to a partner who will help them survive on their farm that freezes in the winter you know like you can order yeah. takeout you can you know live in a small apartment <laughs> i mean life is easy these days in in certain ways in the physical practical way of course people are more isolated and the communities are not as connected but in terms of like survival it's a lot easier life is different and today temptations are bigger and you move also, a lot you see a lot and you're Uh, let's say demanding more i think that people back uh, i don't know 100 years ago or 200 years ago they were more convinced by what they had satisfied uh, yes the level the expectation of happiness today is very high because they are searching for something that does not exist yeah. and people are becoming superficial they are really into uh, consumption mm-hmm. and you cannot build a relationship built on consumption you're not consuming uh, a partner and this is very important well this actually um ties up the loose end of what we said earlier very well is that in a relationship and if, since we're speaking to men tonight um today whenever you're listening is um the fact that um material goods or gifts or these things it's all good and fine even if a woman is demanding them but in the end this will not be the secret to a happy relationship and people all have to understand that yeah it goes both ways gifts i mean they're nice gestures are nice but that's not the essence of a relationship of Some course things not. are way more important yeah if you want if, if you are looking for a um, healthy relationship with someone you should know that it's not about gifts at all Unless it's your birthday. Unless it's your birthday. And, that, yeah. and then, like, if, you, if the other person forgets, then it's, <laughs> like, really bad. If you like, like your bad. birthday and you want a present, sure. <laughs> it's about communicating and caring, I guess, yeah. and respect. And not taking the other for granted. Mm-hmm. This is very important. And when you notice when, when a person has a, a lover, uh, he or she will go to the gym and work on his or her body and wear nice clothes. We should do the same with our long-term partners. This yeah. is the secret also. Yeah, definitely. Okay, this is for you, Dr. Sandrine. So what do women, and this is this is the question of this episode, what do women want from men in bed sexually? Well, again, each woman is different. But what we need in general is to close the orgasm gap. Again, <laughs> studies show that usually <laughs> men orgasm much more than women. And gay women are much more satisfied than straight women. 
which means that women are not having enough pleasure with men. Why? Because men are not taking care of the clitoris and they're not giving orgasms to women by touching, caressing, sucking, licking, uh, uh, vibrating the, the clitoris and because women are not asking for it. So women shouldn't be ashamed of asking about their preferences. Well, they won't have to ask anymore because now we just told everyone. So they know everything. <laughs> so pay attention. But some women will let, will tell you that they don't like foreplay. They like, they like rough sex. Right. Some women will tell you, I need to feel that I'm uh, raped. Uh, I had a couple uh, that, that came for, for, uh, for a consultation and they came together. He told me she likes us to play it's a role play, role play yeah. that I'm raping her but I've been raping her for 30 years <laughs> and I don't want to rape her anymore I want to stop this game That's it's not real rape mm -hmm. okay so she likes it's consensual it just yeah, sounds yes, awful it's, it's consensual so it's it's very different from a person to another this is why what's very important is to talk and not to expect to have extreme pleasure from a one night stand because usually you're with a stranger And you might not feel pleasure. You might feel very excited mm -hmm. and have a very nice night. But maybe you might be able of orgasming more with your vibrator or your fingers alone. So you should not mix everything. Usually women wants to share a good moment with men. And it's not about performance. It's really about living the moment with their partner. Okay. Well, thanks so much, girls. I'm so glad you stopped by, ladies, gentlewomen. <laughs> Women, <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe on hakawati.com to my podcast and to uh, Dr. Sandrine and uh, Ryan's podcast. Bye. Bye.